uh, quote of the day. If you aim at nothing. <laughs> <laughs> He's already got it. <laughs> Fast learner. Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. We upload a brand new podcast every Thursday, so be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. If you have a question you want us to answer here on the podcast, just send an email to podcast at mach1fg.com. If you want to learn more about your financial future, you can schedule a free consultation with any of our advisors here at Mach 1 with absolutely no obligation. Just head to mach1fg.com for more information. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to episode number 84 of the Mach 1 Market Moment. Uh, we've got Matt Walters, a regular with us back again today. <laughs> We're glad you're here, Matt. Thanks. Glad to be here. We also have Erica Chapman with us today. She's not usually here, but she's physically in the house today. I am in the house today. Erica is our uh, soon-to-be... I guess you'd say assistant director of marketing, and she uh, edits all of these podcasts to make us sound really good. So, Erica, it's great to have you actually physically here with us today. And our newest guest, who will be a regular on the podcast, we have our newest hire, our newest associate, our newest financial advisor, I should say, Eli Freeman. Yeah, David, excited to be here. Yeah, Eli is a recent graduate of Oklahoma State University, graduated May 2021, and just started with us. Mm Going to be getting married in April, Lord willing, and Mm -hmm. got an exciting life and career ahead of you. And uh, as you, those of you, as you come in to to meet Eli, or as you get to know him through this podcast, just a brilliant uh, young man, and we're happy to, happy to have him on the team here. So, we're happy you're here with us today, Eli. Yeah, David, really excited to be here. Excited to be on the podcast and get started with it. Absolutely. Okay, so today we're talking about something that's been in the news a lot lately. Uh, you know, what the heck is going on with inflation? Um, we've seen the highest 12-month in inflation rate in the last 40 years this past year. In fact, the Labor Department just released uh, new data this week showing the inflation rate up 7% in December compared to the same month a year ago. That's obviously a significant increase in inflation. Uh, so naturally, this has a lot of us wondering whether you know this is going to change the Federal Reserve's short-term plan, and what what if anything the Fed is going to do to try to combat this problem. Because as we know, the Fed has a dual mandate to basically keep inflation in check and try to keep uh, the country at full employment. So inflation is an important part of what the Fed is to try to control. So. Uh, on that note, let's listen to a quick soundbite from uh, Chairman Powell of the Federal Reserve. Uh, this is a soundbite from testimony he gave to the Senate Finance Committee this week. If we see inflation persisting at high levels longer than expected, then then we will, you know, then we'll, if we have to raise interest rates more over time, we will. We will use our tools to get inflation back. So as uh, Chairman Powell just mentioned, you know, there are several tools in the Fed's tool bag, you might say, to try to 
combat inflation. So we're going to talk for just a few minutes here amongst ourselves about what are what are some of those tools. So uh, Matt, I'll toss it to you first. Um, what are, what's one of the primary tools that the Fed uses, and and um, how does that impact inflation? Yeah. So one thing they've mentioned specifically, I mean, they've come out and I think basically said they're planning on doing this numerous times this year is just directly in, increasing rates. Um, so increasing rates, you know, when they increase rates, rates across the board tend to um, increase. And so borrowing money becomes more expensive. And therefore, you would kind of hope that would have a impact on spending. People might not spend as much. Yep. Um, it's a little more expensive to borrow money. You know, the question I think will be, how high do they have to raise rates before it really starts to have an impact? Because we're at such a low point that will a quarter of a percent increase actually slow yeah. people down. Yeah. I mean, cause that's not, not a big increase. So, uh, you know, it'll just be interesting to see like how many times do they have to do that before it starts to kind of cool actually things impact off. and yeah. cool things off. And to your point, um, you know, is it just going to be a quarter point or a 10th of a point or whatever? Cause one of the things I've said for a long time, and I still believe this and we'll see if, if I'm accurate or not, is that I don't think the fed is going to, aggressively increase interest rates because I don't think the government can afford for it to go up significantly. You know, when we've got a 20 plus trillion, I don't even know what the latest figure is, trillions and trillions dollars of, of, of debt, uh, the federal government can't afford for interest rates that we're paying on that debt in the form of treasury bonds or treasury, U.S. treasuries. We can't afford for that rate to go up much and still yeah, you know, service balance the, the button and service the debt. Yeah. Um, however, at the same time, to your point, Matt, you know, raising interest rates is a primary tool that the Fed has at its disposal to try to combat inflation. And I think we actually do need for interest rates to go up. Yeah. I mean, talk mm -hmm. about uh, housing for a minute, Eli, and even some, kind of some of your own personal experiences, if you don't mind. And talk about the impact that interest rates are having on the housing market and why that needs to change. Yeah, yeah and th this rings true specifically for my situation with going to be married in April. We're looking for housing here in the Northwest Arkansas area. And just yesterday, our, our realtor posted on Facebook, he offered 55000 over on a house and it was an all cash offer and it got turned down. And that's, that's because of the low interest rates that they're having to offer over on houses because of so much demand, because interest rates are so low, you can buy a larger house. Mm -hmm. People are wanting to, to refinance into lower rates or to buy new properties. But if this interest rates if the interest rates begin to increase, then that's going to decrease the demand because people won't be able to buy the properties right. like they're doing right now. And so we kind of need for those interest rates to go up. That's part of what I was alluding to. Mm -hmm. And that's just one, you know, uh, specific example or reason why interest rates need to go up that almost everybody here in Northwest Arkansas and heck really across the whole country can identify with this problem right now, but it's pricing young people who are coming into the economy, coming into the workforce like Eli and his new bride-to-be, it's pricing them out of housing yeah. because of the interest rate problem. Yeah, and, the, and, and the rising rates, you know, there's the good and the bad of everything, right? The bad is, well, it's more expensive to borrow money. So for consumers, younger people, it can make things like Eli, it can make those kinds of situations more difficult. The, the good part of rising rates is, if you're a retiree, someone who just wants to earn a decent yield on savings or investments that you have, you know, it's really hard to do that when rates are at less than 1%, right? So if, if we, I know we have a lot of clients, a lot of people, us and, you know, ourselves included, like that would love to see three, four, 
in terms of what we could earn on safe money, you know, and savings accounts, annuities, CDs, whatever it may be. So there's there's both sides of the coin. I think rising rates will definitely have an impact on consumer spending and inflation. But I think the encouraging thing is it'll also mean maybe there's better opportunity to get a decent yield on cash and yeah. safe assets. It'll, it'll definitely be a help to seniors and savers, you might say. But the interest rates, as you said earlier, Matt, would have to go up pretty good bit yeah, before that begins to sure. uh, have an impact. Okay, so raising interest rates, that's one of the tools in the Fed's tool bag. What's another one, Eli? Another one would be how they manage the supply of money. So there, there's different ways that they can do this. They can print cash. They can sell bonds or buy bonds. And really all they're looking at in that is to manage the supply and demand of money. And, right. and keeping our dollar strong in the worldwide currency. David, didn't we do a podcast? Yeah. We, in fact, speaking of, you know, the just the Fed's ability to print money, we did a podcast um, a few weeks ago. I can't remember exactly when, but there'll be a link to the podcast in the show notes uh, at the bottom of this uh, podcast. Right, Erica? Yeah, she's shaking her head yes <laughs> at me. Uh, so there'll be a link to in the show notes uh, to the podcast we did on this when a few weeks ago when we discussed the U.S. dollar being the world reserve currency and the fact that having that unique position with our currency allows the Fed, essentially allows the Fed to get away with murder, so to speak, in terms of, uh, you know, finances. They can just print and print and print with very limited uh, consequences to us because of the fact that we're the world reserve currency. That won't last forever. We don't know. It might last for, uh, you know, the lifetime of everybody out there listening to this podcast, or it might not. We just don't know. Eventually, it will change. And if and when it does, the Fed won't be able to just print money out of thin air without the consequences like they've been able to do for decades. Okay, so bond purchasing and buying, uh, money printing, controlling interest rates, those are those are the kind Pretty of the much. key yeah. yeah those are the key ones those are there are probably a few others but those are those are really the big ones whenever you t- hear the fed talking about you know tools in their tool bag to affect uh, or change interest rates okay so we've discussed all these various tools or levers if you will that the fed can adjust to uh, try to combat inflation so let's talk for a minute about you know if as the fed does begin to raise interest rates as it looks like they're going to be doing what kind of impacts does that have on the financial markets? Let's discuss that for a minute, Matt. Yeah, well, I mean, the financial markets are a lot like the consumer, right? And when money's cheap, th- certain things that maybe were harder to do are now easier to do, right? Like purchasing new equipment, growing, hiring people. Like that's a lot easier when you can go borrow money for cheap. And so it allows for some of these higher growth, smaller companies that maybe don't have the billions in cash that like an Apple may have. It allows them to go borrow from money to really cheap and expedite growth. So as rates rise, you know, financing that debt, refinancing that debt becomes more and more expensive. And so for some of these smaller companies or high growth companies, it doesn't mean that they won't grow, but just the growth that they've seen in the last couple of years might become harder and harder yeah. to sustain. The debt's going to be more expensive to service. So, you know, you'll see your more highly leveraged companies probably be the ones that should be punished the most, the, the soonest. Um, in a rising rate environment. And the, and the opposite, I think, is true, too. It also creates opportunity from a stock performance standpoint for companies who have kind of been left in the dust over the last few years to a lot of growth companies to start looking more attractive 
um, as an investment opportunity, somebody that's got really good fundamentals, really strong cash flow, you know, because they're not as dependent on cheap money trying to drive their growth. And so just relative comparing the, not comparing the businesses, but comparing how their stock price will perform, they'll start to look probably a little more competitive and better than they have over the, over time. And that's, that's in a rising rate environment. Yeah. Those are great points, Matt. So, um, thanks for that, Matt. Eli, uh, what are your thoughts about, you know, how all this is going to, you know, what, what impact does this have on the investor rather than the investment markets? Yeah. And, and what Matt's talking about is we're not, we're not sitting here saying the market's going to crash or something like right. that. What, right. what we're looking at is just the importance of being invested right now with high inflation. If your money is just sitting in the bank, you're losing money at 7%, what we said at the start right. of this podcast. And so if you had 100000 you now have $93,000 worth of value left in your bank account. So it's important to stay invested. The couple other takeaways that could come from the rising rates what Matt talked about, your bank interest rate could be going up in the future. We don't we don't know exactly how that will tie out into the to the banking world, but you could look for expecting maybe a little bit more in your interest rates. And then home financing. If you are in the process of purchasing a home, it's gonna be more expensive. I know in twenty twenty you could get a rate around two point one or somewhere around there. Just last week I saw an article it's up to three point seven five. So yeah. the time to refinance is probably done unless yep. you're unless you're still on setting on a five and a half percent mortgage rate if you um you know if you're sitting on five and a half or more it's probably time to refi before rates keep going up mm-hmm. otherwise you probably already missed the window uh when interest rates were really low all right guys thanks for all that that was really good um definitely something for us to keep an eye on as the fed begins to potentially raise interest rates so we will continue to keep an eye on that all right as far as our closing thought of the day i'm going to toss it to you matt to uh to read the quote that we found for the yeah so this one's from james a garfield and it's short but it's it's powerful and true uh he said he who controls the money supply of a nation controls the nation and david i've heard you say that in the past we've had conversations we've talked about on podcasts but i think that summarizes it pretty well and kind of reiterates the power and control that the Fed does yes. have on yep. our economy. I love that quote. It's very true. So that's a great, great note to end on. So, yeah, I love that quote. That's a great one to end on. Thank you all for listening. Hope you've uh, learned a lot today. And we hope you will tune in next time for the Mach 1 Market Moment. Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC, Mach 1, is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak to your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit mach1financial.com disclosures.